attention. Tonight we are looking at what does Scripture have to say about our choices of entertainment. So, let me pitch that question to you all to start with. Can you think of any Scripture or any Scriptural principles that might have import in our entertainment choices? Alex? Good. Amen. Yep. First Corinthians. We're going to look at that one. Do it to the glory of God, whatever you do. It's good. Adrian? It's good. What we take in, it affects us deeply. It's good. Yep. John, what you had your hand up, right? Something about that in John? Yeah, I'm sure John has some very practical points. Can you think of any other principles about entertainment? I mean, maybe should we define entertainment? How would you define entertainment? Jake? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Anything you enjoy can be entertaining. Yeah. Any other definitions? I mean, should we ask like Merriam-Webster? I don't know. Enter. What? Amusement. That's a good synonym. Yep, amusement often goes along with the idea of entertainment. Enjoyment. Enjoyment, uh-huh. Okay, here's, the, here's my dictionary on my computer. Here's the definition. Entertainment. The action of providing or being provided with amusement or enjoyment. So you guys hit the dictionary definition right on the money. Amusement and enjoyment. Okay, what would be common forms of entertainment that we might um, engage in or culture might? John? Drinking with friends. Okay, yep, drinking with friends, absolutely. That's a very common form of entertainment. Alex? Okay, TV. Yeah, have you ever seen those studies about how many hours an average person spends in front of the television in life? It's astronomical. Sean? Social media. Social media, absolutely. A rather modern phenomenon. If you realize the smartphone has only been around since 2007. How many of you were born before 2007? Oh, good. Most of you. You're not as young. Okay. So, so we talked television, social media, social drinking, Dominic. Um, Mm -hmm. Bowling, is that what you said? Oh, bullying others. Yeah. Some foolish people can get enjoyment from that. Yeah. Yeah. Sean? Sports, music, John? Games. Games? Board Board games, card games. Yeah, John? Okay, alcohol coming back up. Yeah. Maybe, John, maybe you should put a question in the box about alcohol. Maybe. Nathan? Yeah, 
right, all right, bring it back in. Unless you're called on, you shouldn't be doing too much talking here, okay? Nathan said hanging out with friends. Yeah. Those are a lot of the big ones. Sports, music, movies. Miss Brenda? Campfires. Ah, yes, campfires. Rustic entertainment. Zach? So, like, sports isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Actually, I don't think we've mentioned anything tonight as an entertainment that is inherently evil, as a matter of fact. None of what we've mentioned. John? I mean, except for the bullying. Well, bullying. Forgive me. Yes. Bullying is not. Bullying is... Well, I don't know if you can prove from Scripture that it's inherently evil. But I will leave that. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Drinking and alcohol is not our topic tonight, but if you want to have a discussion of it, that's why we have the question box. So I'd encourage you, that is a question worth discussing. It's actually a very important question for anyone to consider, but especially people of your age. Because right now, one second, because right now you're not of legal drinking age, so it's actually illegal for you to go and to drink. But there's coming a time when you're going to turn 21 and it's no longer illegal in the eyes of the law. So it would be good for you before 21 to think through, well, what does Scripture say about alcohol? So that would be a good thing to think through. And if you want to talk about it as a question, we've got the box. John Moriarty. Uh, praising Jesus. Okay, yeah, praising Jesus. Yeah. That's good. All right, John. Are we still talking about Yes, you're the last one form of entertainment. Yeah, a lot of people get entertainment for caffeinated beverages. <laughs> oh, you're cracking me up. All right, here we go. So, top of your handout. Somebody go to 1 Corinthians 10.31. Who wants to look up 1 Corinthians 10.31? Elise, can you, when you get there, can you please read 1 Corinthians 10.31 for us? Hey, take your time. Somebody else, could you please look up for us Colossians 3.17? Isaac? And then one more. Who wants to look up another scripture? Dominic. 2 Corinthians 5.9. Whenever you're ready, Elise. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table. Is that 1 Corinthians 10.31? 10, oh, that's, one. <laughs> that's a good one, too. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay, so here's our first... You're good. Thank you. Here's our first overriding principle in what Elise just read. Whether, therefore, you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So here's the primary principle. Everything... That we do, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a Christian, your entire life is to bring glory to God. It's to please God. It's to make God look good. Do you follow that principle? Okay, who had Colossians 3.17? Is that you, Isaac? Yep. Go for it. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the same of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Excellent. So again, it says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So if you cannot do it to glorify God, 
If you cannot do it in Jesus' name and giving thanks to the Father, then you shouldn't do it as a Christian. Does that principle make sense? John? So basically, if you don't pray right before dinner, we shouldn't have dinner. Well, there you go. Maybe that's a good principle that you could derive from it. Well, I know how I'm going to cut this rest of the season. <laughs> or you could pray before dinner and enjoy some dinner. Uh, I need to lose about 10 pounds. Yeah, okay. So, are you, are you following this thought line that as it applies to anything in our life, but specifically since we're talking about entertainment, our entertainment choices should be done in a way that brings glory to God, in a way that is giving thanks to the Father through Christ. Does that make sense? Dominic, you have 2 Corinthians 5.9? There you go. Wherever we are, at home in the body or away from it, our aim is to please Him. All right, one more. Emma, did you raise your hand? You want to get for a 2 Timothy 2, verse 4? So as you think through these principles, we're thinking we want to glorify God, we make it our aim to please Him, and we want to do it in a way that is giving thanks to God through Christ. You got it? Go for it. I love that. But rather tries to please his commanding officer. Who is the commanding officer of a Christian? God is. Exactly. God is the one who enlisted us into his service. So keep that, the rest of that verse in your mind. We're going to come back to that scripture. But it said that no one who is in battle, a warrior, no one entangles themselves in civilian affairs. So think about that as we go. They would not entangle themselves in civilian affairs. For a soldier to be a good soldier, it's important. You got that in your mind? So let's look through these five principles. I alliterated them so they're easy to remember. First of all, abhor all evil. As we think about making our entertainment choices, we need to abhor what is evil. Okay, did anybody use the word abhor in your conversation this week? I know, it's, a, it's an old word, huh? It's not, it's, un, it's not commonly used. Somebody help us. What does abhor mean? Isaac? To disapprove. Yeah, to disapprove. What else? Okay, to disagree. Mm -hmm. It's even stronger than just disapprove or disagree. Isaac? Yeah. Hate is a really good synonym for abhor. It's to hate something. To regard it with disdain, with contempt. It is filth to me. That's what abhor means. So we ought to abhor evil. So realize in our choices of entertainment, um, the things that we mentioned tonight besides bullying, as long as I'm remembering right, none of them are inherently evil. There can be good aspects to them, but there can also be bad aspects. Right? Zach made the point that sports actually can be a very good thing. It can help you keep in shape. It can help develop teamwork, etc. Right? So there are good aspects to these things. However, there are some of our choices regarding entertainment that are clearly defined in the scripture. These are what are called moral issues. In other words, they're a choice between what's right and what's wrong. 
So if someone told you to go down and steal 20 gallons of gas from the gas station, would you do it? Probably not. Why though? Because it's wrong. It's inherently wrong to steal. We know that. Scripture forbids it. Adrian? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, our implications. Our choices have massive implications. Okay, so think about that. Let's uh, let's go look Psalm one hundred one verse three. Let's go over there. Psalm one hundred one verse three. <clears throat> Who wants to read that one when you get there? What? Adrian. Psalm one hundred one. Verse 3. Adrian hasn't gotten to read yet. Psalm 101.3. I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what is faithless. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. It's good. So, he says, I'm not going to look with approval on anything. My translation says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. So take that principle now and apply it with our entertainment choices. I will set no evil thing before my eyes. How would that apply to our choices of entertainment? Somebody help us out. Adrian. It'd be um, just things you see that you just shouldn't see. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know, keep looking at it and trying to wait. Yeah. But... It's true. You're absolutely right. John, Jerry, you guys good? Need me to separate you or something? Okay, then. Okay. If you don't want to share it with the group, then don't share it right now. All right. So Adrian just helped us think about there are things that we ought not to see. In other words, for instance, just take TV channels or YouTube channels, YouTube videos, or... Or Netflix, streaming services. So let me, ask, let me ask you a question about that. There's a lot of them. Are there any shows on there? Are there any YouTube videos that are just filled with wicked, sinful things? Yeah, there are a lot of them. If you've ever noticed. So let me ask you a question. This verse says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. So when we sit down in front of our phone screen... When we sit down at the Netflix account, that verse has implications. If you want to follow Christ, if you want to glorify God in your entertainment, which it said, whatever you do, do all to glorify God, then those shows that are filled with wickedness, we're not going to set them before our eyes. John? Um, so basically, you want me to stop watching Supernatural on Netflix, right? Well, I've never watched it, but I don't. I mean, I do for your own benefit, but from Scripture, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, hold on, you asked a question. I'm not talking about my opinion. It's none of my business what you do, but I do care for you, and I want you to know what God says. So maybe you shouldn't watch it, huh? That's a good thing to think about. All right. Well, thank you for your honesty there. So, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let me read this scripture for you. 
All right, Romans 12, verse 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. But then the next phrase, Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. It goes along with the verse in Psalm 101 that Adrian read of hating that which is evil. Not only am I not going to put it in front of my eyes because I love God, but I also am going to hate that wickedness. It's, I disdain it. I hate it. I regard it as filth. Do you follow that thought line from what Scripture says? So that's principle one, number one. And I think that's one of the easiest principles to understand. Now, it can be difficult to apply because we as sinners sometimes do crave what is evil. I understand that. But I would call you, if you are a follower of Christ, don't just set before your eyes wicked things. Learn to hate those because God hates wickedness. God is holy and he calls his followers to be holy like him. All right, um, so I make two forms of application at the end, the last two bullet points under number one. For instance, um, if a form of entertainment involves us stealing, uh, then that would be an immoral form of entertainment. In other words, it's sinful. It's inherently sinful to steal, right? So we shouldn't engage in entertainment that is stealing. For instance, pirated videos. Have you ever heard of that? Videos that were copied illegally? Did you know that it's illegal to make a copy of a published copyrighted DVD? People do it all the time. They post it online. You can access them. It's actually illegal. Those pirated videos, they've been stolen. So we shouldn't do that if you're a Christian. Another, if our entertainment choices are filled with sexual immorality. Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Well, from the scripture, we should set those forms of entertainment aside if you want to please God. Do you follow that line of thought? That one's pretty cut and dry. If scripture commands it, we should do it. If scripture prohibits it, we should hate it. But then we get into some additional principles. As Christians, we're not just asking what is okay for me to do. We're also asking what is the best we don't want to settle. So number two, approve things that are excellent. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and on, in all judgment. That means discernment. That you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. So Paul says, I want you to grow in your understanding of love, God's love, and your love as a result. And he says, I want you to approve the things that are excellent. In other words, test your entertainment choices. Not just is there any sin in it, but is this helping me desire and approve the things that are excellent, the best choice before God? Is your entertainment promoting righteousness? Nathan? I'm thinking about what I was just going to say, which confused me. So, if you're supposed to hate what the Bible hates and prohibit what the Bible prohibits, doesn't that mean that if the Bible prohibits or hates and prohibits hating your brothers and sisters, doesn't that mean that you should hate hating, hating 
and prohibiting your brothers and sisters. There you go. So you should hate hatred. There you go. In other words, you should love others. Yeah, you're exactly right. I like that. Hate hatred. It's original with Nathan. Quote Nathan if you say that. All right, so approving the things that are excellent. That means making a critical examination of something to determine its genuineness. So I know you guys, in, uh, you guys are struggling a little bit to pay attention. You're kind of laughing. John, I would just encourage you, maybe hold your comments of your entertainment choices. Keep them inside for just you to examine, okay? Sounds good, man. But think about this. Okay, think about this. Paul says, approve the things that are excellent. It means making a critical examination of something. In other words, what Adrian brought up. First of all, I'd encourage you, before you even start into a TV series or a movie or something, just examine it. Maybe read a little bit about it. Especially when we go to watch a movie with my kids. I do this. I'll look up Christian movie reviews and I'll read the review before I put it up on the TV in front of my kids. But even then sometimes, there's all sorts of wickedness, even in kids' shows. So what happens if you accidentally now are watching something or you're engaging in some form of entertainment, music, books, whatever it is, and you find, wow, this is filled with content that doesn't please God. He says, approve the things that are excellent. Make a critical examination. As soon as you realize this is not a wholesome or a pure or a holy form of entertainment, turn it off. Get rid of it. If you want to glorify God. Because that's the goal. Are you following these principles so far? Excellent. Okay, so testing or discerning all things. It's actually a frequent command for the scriptures. Or for the Christian in the scriptures. I'll let you guys examine those. Um, Romans 12, Ephesians 5, and 1 Thessalonians 5. Hey, you're good. Have a good night, man. So you can check those out. But then look at number three. Look at number three. Aim to edify. Not only should we abhor what's evil, we should approve the things that are excellent, but we should also aim to edify. Somebody help us. What does it mean to edify? Again, another word we don't use very much. It's different than editing a YouTube video. Edify means to build up. In other words, our goal is not just to say, how much can I get away with? What's okay for me? But we should also consider those around us. We should aim to edify or build up or encourage others to follow Christ. So 1 Corinthians 10.23, you ready? It says, all things are lawful for me. In other words, if it's not prohibited in Scripture, if Scripture doesn't comment on it, we have a lot of liberty. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. That means not everything's actually helpful. It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things do not edify. In other words, there are entertainment choices that are not inherently sinful, but they may not contribute to building others up. Um, And then you can look down through the rest of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians is a big, um, it has a lot to say about what is called Christian liberty. In other words, there are black and white issues. There are things that are inherently wrong because God says they are. And there are things that are inherently right because God says they're right. But then there's what some people might call gray issues in between. Things that are not necessarily inherently wrong, but things that are questionable. Maybe you don't know for sure what you should do in the area. 
Well, 1 Corinthians actually has a lot to say about that. And Paul uses the example of meat offered to idols in the book of 1 Corinthians. So he's talking about this meat that's been offered to idols, and they're debating, can I eat the meat that's been offered to idols? Because I don't believe in idols. I believe in Jesus Christ as my God and Savior. So wouldn't it be okay? But then on the flip side, other people are saying, no, it's been offered to idols. I shouldn't take it. 1 Corinthians 10 talks about that. That's actually the context at the end of 1 Corinthians 10, where it says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's the context. Well, the principle is, okay, maybe it's okay for you to eat the meat offered to idols in Corinthians for these people. Realize almost all of their meat that was available had already been offered to idols. Okay, so bring that principle to today. Maybe there are movies that you're allowed to watch that your friend is not allowed to watch. Well, when they come over for a movie night, what movie should you not turn on? That movie that they're not allowed to watch. Not, well, yeah, so that one might, it sounds like that one might be inherently evil, huh, John? Yeah, so maybe don't do that one ever. But think of, a, think of some form of entertainment that maybe is just, it's okay, but it's not okay for them because their parents say it's not, or their conscience, they aren't okay with it. They're not comfortable there. Well, then Paul says we should not do it for the sake of their conscience. We don't want to cause them to sin against God in their hearts. Does that make sense to you guys? Does that principle make sense? If so, just do your head like this, not up and down. Okay, good. Nathan? I know it must be that you shouldn't turn on during movie nights. Cars, too. Oh, really? Nice. All right, number four. Look at number four. This one, we can make comment on it and keep moving. Avoid addictions. Realize, realize entertainment has real power over a lot of people. People are often addicted to social media. They're addicted to TV series, to whatever. Jake? Yeah, it really does. Entertainment has massive power over people. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. In other words, Paul gives us an additional principle. He says, Your choices of whatever you do should not dominate you. If Netflix controls you, if your YouTube controls you, your social media controls you, if your books whatever form of entertainment you engage in, if that is the most important thing to you or it begins to trump genuine responsibilities God's given you, then it has become an addiction. It's beginning to dominate your life. And Paul says we shouldn't be brought under anything's power. Jake? School? In what way? People do take it too far. We might call that like perfectionism. Yeah, absolutely. We should do our best, but then once we've done our best, we should go to bed and rest. Yeah, exactly. But school is a genuine responsibility. I don't know very many people who do make school their idol. I know a lot more people who make entertainment their idol. But school can become an idol. That's very true. Yeah, also true. School could be your entertainment. Isaac? Who is addicted to school, but 
That's a good illustration. All right, are you ready for number five? Adopt mindful activities. Your choices of entertainment actually matter. There are certain forms of entertainment that promote mindlessness. In other words, you ever heard of vegging out or zoning out? All I want to do is just crash and not do anything. I don't want to think. Well, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, be sober. That means be sober-minded, to be watchful, and to be vigilant. To be alert is what that means. Don't fall asleep. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you realize we all face spiritual warfare? So it's important that we actually be alert in our minds. So if there are forms of entertainment that are made to just turn your mind off, we've got to be careful with those. It doesn't make them necessarily inherently wrong. It's okay, like a movie. You don't have to think about a movie very much to watch it, compared to a book, maybe. A book requires a little more mental engagement. It doesn't make it necessarily wrong, but we've got to be careful as a Christian not to just turn our minds off and endlessly consume content. That's dangerous because the mind... The mind for the Christian is a crucial battleground. A lot of warfare takes, takes place on the battlefield of our minds because what we think becomes what we love and what we love becomes what we do. Jake? That's a good question. That is a really good question. Because we are finite, right? We can't think of two things at once. It's actually impossible for us. So there are absolutely times. Maybe we have to focus on a task and accomplish the task and it takes mental thought. Or maybe we sit down and we're just worn out and we sit and we aren't necessarily thinking about God. Maybe we're not necessarily thinking about wickedness. But yeah, there's absolutely times where that happens. What... uh, the end of 1 Thessalonians 5 says, pray at all times. And kind of the idea of that is be prayerful at all times. It doesn't mean you're always talking to God out loud in prayer. Rather, the idea is have an attitude of prayer where each moment we're just submitting our hearts to God, bringing things to God as they come. But yeah, there are absolutely times that our minds will not be on God. And that's okay. But... God should be the foremost thing on our minds. Does that help? Good. So adopting mindful activities. Because the mind is what God uses to change us. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then it says, and do not be conformed to this world. That means don't become like the world, the sinful world. Instead, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you are going to discern the things that are good and best as a follower of Jesus Christ, 
It requires the renewing of your mind. Do you follow that principle? How, so I put in there, do you know, somebody mentioned amusement as part of the definition of entertainment. Yeah, John did. So amusement, it's actually from two words. Ah means not, and muse means to think. Amusement literally means not to think. And that's a dangerous place, actually, as a Christian, just to turn our minds off and not to think. Because that's when Satan likes to attack. He's looking for someone who's not paying attention. Mr. Andrew? I was just thinking of the, the verse in Philippians 4 where it talks about what's our danger mm-hmm. uh, think on these things. Because of the entertainment, you, your mind literally goes into fantasy mode. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're meditating on things that aren't even real life. Yeah. It's so good. My, my yeah, Philippians 4.8. Maybe write that one down. Because that's an important verse in this conversation. 